0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to get you cut up on the latest news around the conference with some monster matchups this weekend in Alabama at LSU and Tennessee at Georgia. We'll preview both of those games with our buddy Chris Marler. We'll give you our official picks for SEC Week 10, and we'll catch up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Locked on SEC starts right now.
1: You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. bucks. i am Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. To the right. Again. Around the conference, and we start with Tennessee. As Josh Heupel knows, his team has a big challenge ahead of them. While praising his players for everything they've accomplished, Heupel stressed being number one in November doesn't matter a whole heck of a lot. He said, "I don't remember who was number one this time a year ago. That's not something people remember." Proud of our guys for doing it, but we've got a lot of work to do. Good point that uh, being number one. The start in November, nobody really remembers that. Of course, the vols are a perfect 8 0, number one in the college football playoff rankings. But they got to go show why they deserve that ranking. Playing in number three Georgia Bulldogs in Athens this weekend. Now, as for playing there, uh, former Tennessee quarterback Eric Ainge letting some of his opinions know, known this week. He said uh, on Twitter, Playing between the hedges is overrated, not that loud, definitely not intimidating. It's nothing like playing in neyland Vols, Vols will be fine in Athens. I don't know why you would tweet that, Eric Ainge. You really want to fire up the natives the undefeated Georgia Bulldogs, the reigning national champs. See if uh, Eric Ainge's words have any effect on the faithful there in Athens this weekend. Meanwhile, over in Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban knows his team has been a little bit off at times this year, especially with Bryce Young when he suffered that injury against Arkansas. Back in week five, where Jalen Milrow filled in. They did pull away from Arkansas in that game. Uh, Bryce Young did miss that next week, but uh, Saban said that his team has just not performed up to the Alabama standards and said they've been, quote, a little bit left-handed ever since uh, Bryce Young got hurt in that game. He said, we've just been a little bit out of sorts. I really challenge the players to be able to do things better, whether it's run the ball, run routes better, make more explosive plays. Of course, Alabama was ranked just outside the top four in the initial college football playoff rankings. Uh, not a place where Alabama is familiar with being. They like being in that top four. They'll take on LSU this Saturday in Death Valley. Meanwhile, the Auburn coaching search continues. Former Auburn player Takiyo Spikes was on with uh, Greg McElroy and Cole Kublick this week on their radio show down in Alabama. And, He gave out a couple of his picks. He said, number one for me is Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Number two is Lane Kiffin for what he's done in such a short time. And number three is Hugh Freeze, good offensive mind. So we'll see uh, if those three are the guys out of the uh, prime candidates for the Auburn job. Meanwhile, RG3 threw out an interesting name. He said, look, whoever Auburn's new head coach will be. I think they should go bring in Kendall Bryles from Arkansas as his offensive coordinator. Arkansas just put up over 500 yards and five touchdowns on Auburn a week ago. See if uh, whoever the new Auburn coach is, if it is, say, Deion Sanders or somebody, maybe they could go pay big money and get Kendall Bryles out of Arkansas. You know, For the Texas uh, A&M hosting Florida game this weekend, Florida updating uh, status on a couple of their players, Justin Shorter and Keon Zipper, who have been banged up. According to reports, Keon Zipper will be out. Justin Shorter is considered questionable for the game. Billy Napier said uh, they won't miss Zipperer long-term. He's dealing with a knee injury. Shorter uh, practiced unlimited reps with a hamstring issue. So we'll see uh, if uh, Shorter can go, but Zipperer will be out this week in College Station. Meanwhile, Florida did lose the defensive back, Kamar Wilcoxon, uh, one of the top recruits not too long ago. And... Uh, He will be uh, reclassifying, or rather will be uh, entering the transfer portal and uh, leaving Florida. So uh, tough to lose recruits like that, but uh, we'll see where he ends up. And a quick thought from over at Mizzou, as Blake Baker has done a good job as their defensive coordinator. Eli Drinkwitz said on his coach's show this week that uh, anticipates that he will be their defensive coordinator on a long-term deal. So we'll see if Blake Baker gets his long-term deal coming Very soon. There you have it. This is the latest news around the conference. We're going to jump into it, uh, flow right into this. We'll jump in with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Join us for a couple minutes here, and uh, Lynn, let's just jump right into it. We've got the uh, Rocky Top album fired up and ready to go. Where are you on Tennessee heading into Athens as the playoff committee has them as the number one overall team in this first batch of playoff rankings?
2: It helps college football when teams like Tennessee uh, that have been traditional powers – uh you know, are are not uh, you know, going around the bottom the bottom dredges as they have been a lot of times. So I'm glad to see that happen. I kind of agree with what's with what they did. I I I talked this morning on another show. Uh I think Tennessee's the best team in the country right now. With that being said, they'll probably lose Saturday. I I lean toward taking Georgia only because of the uh, of the home field advantage. This is a very, very good Georgia team and could end up being the national champion again. But um but but on a neutral field or at Knoxville, I would take Tennessee to win the game. I think Hendon uh, Hooker. I, I don't get a vote in the Heisman, which I may write a column about that in a week or so. But uh, I'd vote for Hooker as uh, for my Heisman Trophy winner. I might vote for Bo Nix uh, out at Oregon as my, as my second guy if I, had a, if I had a vote. But Tennessee showed against Alabama, they're faster than Alabama. They had more speed. And Alabama you know, signs fast people and have good defensive backs. They couldn't keep up with Tennessee. And um, and I think Tennessee's probably the best team in the country right now. If like like I say, I you know I, I'd lean toward Georgia only because of the home field advantage. Because I do think Tennessee's better. Um, I I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'd have Ohio State there. I might have Georgia number two and Ohio State three. But I don't have any argument with uh, you know with those teams. And um, you know the teams that are glaringly missing. You know there are there are a lot of them. That uh, that we had we meaning Lindy's had very high at the start of this season Texas A and M being the, the primary one which might be the biggest disappointment in college football this year but there have been several that uh, you know that would that would be in the running for that but I really didn't have a uh, didn't even really have an argument with it I I like the fact that uh, that you're going to you're going to automatically have the have the field cleared here in a couple of weeks uh, by the loser of Georgia and Tennessee goes off the undefeated list and the uh, loser of Ohio State and Michigan goes off, goes off the undefeated list, assuming that those, uh, that those teams have not been upset by someone else. If it were to go that way, guys, uh, I think the final four should be Clemson, TCU, uh, the winner of uh, Georgia-Tennessee, and the winner of Ohio State-Michigan, if those teams don't then lose in their, uh, in their conference playoff games, conference championship games, which could happen. So still, still a whole lot to be done. But uh, but I, it's interesting, and I like the fact of, of the way it's going so far.
0: Len, what is it about uh, Hendon Hooker having such a special season, in your opinion? Because I mean, he's right up there, you know, in the the tops of the Heisman conversation right now.
2: Yeah, well, I I think it's it's uh, it's the fact that he does have better people around him. Uh, uh, Josh Heupel has uh, you know has instilled a winning tradition there. They had some good transfer portal people. they they're they're, a, they're certainly one of the teams that shows the importance of the transfer portal. Um, and he's had some good recruiting classes. He's got, he's got speed with his, uh, with his receivers, offensive lines doing a good job. It's a, and, and quite frankly, the mindset, because they, they went for many years out there thinking, Oh gee, you know, the pressure's on us to do something. What do we do not to lose? And you know, the majority of that time over 20 years in the big games, they did lose. And so I think it's a, it's an idea of, uh, of having confidence to go out there and win. So I think it's, uh, I think it's all of those things. I, and I and I think they are as as prime example as you want to have uh, of uh, what the transfer portal. Virginia Tech is sitting there, I think, at two and six, and um and are having trouble winning anything. Uh, do you think if they had Hendon Hooker uh, playing the fifth year uh, at Virginia Tech, they'd be two and six, and Tennessee would be uh, eight and zero? I don't think so. And there and there's a number of colleges, college programs that we could take right now and say, well if they had this quarterback who's now playing for somebody else, and, and there are a whole lot of those occasions around the country where uh, some teams are doing worse than they they, than they had been doing, and a large reason is because of who's a quarterback and, and where their previous quarterback is now playing.
0: When we talk about who gets it to the playoff, do you think a Big 12 champ or even a Pac-12 champ is definitely out? And will the SEC get the benefit of the doubt getting multiple teams in, do you think?
2: There have been years in the last... You know, six or eight years when uh, they had an equal record to other teams, and uh, and they did they got left out. Uh, I think in both cases they got left out with preference being given to Alabama. Uh, I think maybe one of those years Alabama didn't win the didn't win the SEC championship. They didn't even win their own division, but they still got to play in the finals. And um, and other teams with equal records did not. So there's a there's a reason that people uh, around the country kind of dislike the SEC because. I don't think you can avoid the fact that the sec has been given preferential treatment, uh, in these cases. And, and, um, uh, it, it's good to lose early in the season rather than late in the season. And it's good to lose to a ranked team instead of, uh, an unranked team. I would make the case that if there are several one loss teams and Oregon has one out and won the pack 12, that they should be the one loss team that gets in there. They lost early in the season and they lost to the defending national champion. And, uh you can't get much. Uh, you can't get much stronger of an argument than that for a one-loss team.
0: Just a quick thought: How important to you is is this game for Texas A&M playing host to Florida this weekend? Well, it's huge. It's huge because they still got to play LSU. They still got to
2: play at Auburn. They still got to play Florida. They're sitting there with five losses. I mean, they lose one more game, and they have no wiggle room left. You know, and they. Uh, I know Auburn's not very good. But right now, uh, I, I I wouldn't necessarily take A and M as a slam dunk to go to Auburn and win. And right now, LSU is better than L, than A and M. For you to fall from being the number, I think, sixth team in the country um, with with the highest paid coach in the country, and you brought in the number one recruiting class, the highest rated recruiting class that's ever been, and you're you're sitting there at at uh, at three and five, and and potentially could go. I mean, guys, they could. I don't think they'll lose to LSU Auburn and. Uh, Florida, but they could. Uh, What if? What if you go from number six in the country to going four and eight uh, with the highest-paid coach in the country and the best recruiting class in the country? There's a lot of people listening to us that did not think this was what they were going to get when they forked out nine million a year to Jimbo, and um, you know, and it would have it would have done. They 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 created their own uh, uh, Frankenstein by beating Alabama last year. Because if you're good enough to beat Alabama, you ought to be good enough not to, not to lose four or five games in a season and then not to just totally lay an egg. Right now, guys texting A&M will have to be the biggest disappointment in college football. I, I think they're going to beat Florida. Uh, we'll see what Auburn does against Mississippi State now with, a, with with, Cadillac being the interim coach. And let's see if they, you know, do well or if they just totally put in the, throw in the towel. Um, uh, so I guess I'll give an opinion on that next week when we, when we talk about the A&M Auburn game. But um but Texas AM's got three more games they very well could lose and and a four and eight season is not what uh not what people were were looking at. Uh, you know, we've we've already had six college teams fire their fire their coach during the season this year. Uh but during the month of October, six major college teams already fired their football coach. Um I I doubt that Jimbo would be fired, but um I, I think that the uh, the natives are gonna get restless if they're forking out $9 million for what we've been seeing so far this year. You don't get run out of your own stadium by Appalachian State, and people will not be upset.
0: Well, thanks for the time as always, man. All right, guys. Good luck to the Astros tonight. All right, we'll see if they can. Thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to talk with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. I want to remind you guys, this episode is brought to you by the Underdog Fantasy App—the easiest place to sign up or spice up the college football season. Very easy to play, available in over 30 states. You just pick between two and five players across any team. Uh, it could be any team that you that you like, any player that you like. Go pull it up. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you could win cold hard cash. In a single game. Pull it up right now on my phone. You can look at some of the players with their over-unders this weekend, passing totals, rushing totals, whatever it is. You can do it. It is so easy. Sign up with our promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. One word. And underdog is going to double your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. You deposit a hundred bucks, you'll get a hundred bucks. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store, Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick 'em action today. Only a couple weeks of the college football season. Go get the Underdog Fantasy app. Running along here, locked on SEC. One of our favorite segments every week is catching up with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, uh, two monster games happening this weekend. So let's just jump right into it. Let's start with the uh, the game in the SEC East. It is Tennessee and Georgia, and it really feels like the rifle crown to the SEC East is on the line here this weekend. Um, a lot of people thinking Tennessee, and and look, they've been so excellent, but from things I've heard you saying is.
1: Not so fast. Let's stop acting like Georgia's not a good team, right? I, I just don't – like, I think Tennessee's awesome to watch. And I, and I, I think the 2019 LSU uh, comparisons are a little bit much. I think, I think we need to, like, pump the brakes on that a little bit. Um, and it's not that this isn't, like, fun. Like, listen, I, I grew up an Alabama fan. I hated Tennessee when I was a kid because they ruined seven straight years of my childhood. But, I mean – like this, this has been fun to watch. It's hard not to root for Hooker. It's hard not to to root for Josh Heupel. The stadium atmosphere looks incredible. The fans are back into it and they, and they really are. They, they do impress me more than just the offense. And I think they're going to be really tough to stop, but what's going to happen on Saturday, in my opinion, is you're going to talk about a Georgia team that won a national championship this year. And I always make this joke that Georgia fans have just been begging to be disrespected. Just this horny for disrespect thing this entire year. They just, they just want you to doubt them. They just like, Constantly, they're the number one team in the country, and what's going to happen on Saturday is that you're going to see two offenses that are going to come out, and, and because Todd Munkin's one of the best play callers in the country, and and people don't give enough credit, and they're going to be able to open up the entire playbook. Tennessee's going to have to cover Brock Bowers, they're going to have to cover John Elway, Washington, they're going to have to cover Lad McConkey, Kiers Jackson. I mean, I'm going to keep going on and on and on. I just don't think that that Georgia is not going to put up thirty to forty points because they do it every game, they do it every single game, um, and that defense isn't Bama. I mean, Georgia's given up 30 points or more in, in the Kirby Smart era only 10 times. I, I don't think – and he also is 1-9 in those 10 games. But So, as soon as can get to there, maybe it happens. But on the road in Athens, I just think we're really discounting the national champions right now. It, and it's interesting. We're almost victims
0: of the moment of what we saw this past weekend because we saw Tennessee's best defensive performance of the year shutting down Kentucky – and then we saw Stetson Bennett, who the offense looked good against Florida, but they had some hiccups. They fumbled the ball. He, he had a couple interceptions. I mean, there were, there, were, there were some things Georgia did bad on offense that kept floor or opened the door for Florida to make it a game. And then they put the foot back on the cast pedal and, and rolled. But still, I think like the timing of right now, Tennessee's feeling very confident. They just had their best defensive performance of the year.
1: Well, and the offense just—the offense just rolls. It just—it doesn't stop. You don't—you don't have a bad game from this offense. And Hooker just—it's every single game you look up. He's got some—somehow he's got at least three touchdowns in the air. Another touchdown passing. You know, and, and 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 no interceptions. They don't turn the ball over. Here's the thing. So I've heard Bama fans say this a lot about about the Tennessee game. We had 17 penalties. We had two turnovers and that fumbled punt, whatever that was, um, and and all of these things, and we still almost won. I hate that argument because you didn't win. It's just bottom line, you didn't win. But Georgia doesn't make all those mistakes consistently. I, I know they did against Florida, and they've, they've looked bad at times. Um, I just don't think that they're going to they're going to do that. You're not going to have blown coverages like that. I, I don't think for Georgia. So it's going to be a really good game. I think Tennessee is going to is is going to be fun to watch coming out on script, especially. I think Georgia wins. I think they cover.
0: Let's talk about the other big game. Um, you know, some people are saying it could be the de facto SEC West title, but Alabama going to Baton Rouge. This is a game that. At the start of the year, maybe didn't look that scary for Alabama. This has been historically a very good rivalry game. Even though Alabama's won a lot of close ones in Baton Rouge, they still have won there. But now all of a sudden, we got a game here in Baton Rouge that really means something. And an LSU team playing at a high level right now, with the way Jaden Daniels is playing, they're playing with a lot of confidence. Where are you on Alabama at LSU?
1: I so everyone's gonna give me crap for this, I think, but uh, I think LSU's gonna win this game. And and I like listen. There's there are very I love stats and I and I I love like I actually I don't love this rivalry because it's just it, it's like I mean you've remembered this game from like 2007 to, to 2018 2019 it's just three hours of heartburn it's awful it's it's like it's just it's it, it, especially the way these two offenses used to play where it was like this 17 to 13 like it just oh defense nonstop and you're just you're just begging to get to the fourth. So it could be, and hoping you are you have a very, very tough in the trenches game. This game, I, I mean, I love Bryce Young. I think he's the best quarterback in the country. I, I love what he's done all year. I, maybe Will Anderson gets off the side to get some of those, those freshman tackles you all have. Bama's lost five games in, in Baton Rouge since 1958. Five games. Two of those losses were against Nick Saban. Um, he's on their side, all that kind of stuff. And, and I tell you what, so Bama fans, or me, I'm not scared of Death Valley at night because I've, I've just seen my team and tied don't lose in baton rouge right I've, I've seen it a thousand times they will this weekend because i mean i just i don't think that they play well on the road and they're going to be in, in a like, this is an environment that like if you thought texas was bad you thought arkansas was bad you thought tennessee at 3 30 the afternoon was bad jesus man you're gonna get these cajuns drinking all day and 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 there's not a team i think lsu hates more Besides ISIS than, than Alabama. And so I think I like. And, and
0: we talked about it before the se- season. The tough road schedule for Alabama this year it just seemed like, man, those are some tough road environments. And Alabama, more than I can overcome them, it's just when you have a team like this that has not clicked on all cylinders week in and week out. The, there have been times where they look like dominant Alabama, but there's times where the defense is sloppy, the offense is inconsistent, three and outs and stuff like that. So again, they're going to be tested. And I'm with you. I think one of the upsets happen. Like it, I don't, I don't feel like we're going to come out of this weekend. It, and everybody's jumping on. Georgia's a heavy favorite. Bama's a heavy favorite. It feels like one of these upsets is going to happen this weekend.
1: I, what's going to have to happen in this game is you're going to have to have. I mean, Jaden Daniels is going to have to play like he's been playing the last two weeks. He's got 11 touchdowns in the last two weeks combined. Um, you have to get play from KeShawn Butte here or KeShawn Butte uh, and, and Jack Besh and like, get a tight ends involved because. What, what screws over Bam and I know Jalen Hyatt had five touchdowns in one game against him, but, but seemingly he said that's everybody. Um, to some extent. So I think you're, you're gonna have to end up getting like somebody is gonna have to come in and, and also spell a little bit of Jaden Daniels. He can't do it all on his own, I don't think, but he also is gonna have to have ha- come on unplugged here, Gordy. I'm sorry, you're okay. Um, sorry about that, man. Uh, no, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to expand the field a little bit. Stretch the field, um, and, and it's gonna have to be a little bit balanced. But you're gonna you're gonna need multiple guys in that offense that, that are going to be uh, to help out Jaden Daniels because if they can key in on just Jaden Daniels, I don't think they lose the game. But I don't think they'll be able to. And it's, man, and Brian Kelly's a good coach.
0: He is Chris Marlowe, the College Football Uncensored podcast. Always fun to catch up every week, man. We'll see if you were right next week.
1: All right, man. Have fun in Philly.
0: All right, more on Locked On SEC right after this. Rolling along here, locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen every day, and we're going to jump right into it. Make our picks for this weekend. All of the games on Saturday—a full college slate. So let's dive into it at 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern on the SEC Network. It is five and three Kentucky at four and four Missouri. Kentucky just got their butts handed to them in a loss at Tennessee. Missouri with a sneaky good road win over at South Carolina. They got Kentucky as a one-point favorite. I might lean Missouri right now. The way their run defense is playing, Chris Rodriguez got stymied last week, and look, well, Levis, I just don't know if I can trust him. With all the turnovers a week ago, didn't even throw for 100 yards. It would be a great bounce-back spot for Kentucky to go into Como and get a nice bounce-back win for their team to get to six wins, but... I'm going to lean Missouri straight up in the upset here because they're at home, and Eli Drinkwitz says uh, he fired up that, uh, issued a challenge to the students there to get fired up for an 11 a.m. Central game. The other 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern game on ESPN, it is 4-4 Florida at 3-5 Texas A&M. The Aggies still about a a 3.5-point favorite, according to our friends at Bet Online. I just can't trust the Aggies. I know they're at home. I know they showed up last week. They gave Ole Ole Miss a fight, but, um, man, I got to go with – I'm going to go with the Gators on the road. Anthony Richardson has been up and down, but if I can get three-and-a-half, look, even if Florida loses by a field goal, they still get that cover. I'm going to take Florida plus the three-and-a-half. I just cannot trust the Aggies, but kudos to Connor Wegman. Looked very good last week at his freshman debut. See if he can repeat can repeat that performance this week against a leaky Florida defense. 3 p.m. Central on the SEC Network. It is Hugh Freeze and 7-1 Liberty at 5-3 Arkansas. I could not believe this line when I saw it. Keep in mind, Liberty was ranked recently. Arkansas is a 14-point favorite. Two touchdowns. I know it's at home, but Liberty's a pretty good team, man. Look, if that line goes up any more to like 14 and a half, I say jump on Liberty plus the 14 and a half. I think Arkansas wins because Rocket Sanders has been unbelievable running the football. K.J. Jefferson is, is getting back into having a nice season. If it stays at 14, give me Arkansas minus the 14. But if it gets to 14 and a half, that's where I start leaning. Maybe it's a lot of points, and maybe Liberty can keep this thing close down the stretch. But I like the Hawks to win. If you Freeze pulls off this upset, go ahead, and uh, Auburn better just go show up at his doorstep and say, we'd like to hire you right now, sir. 6.30 Central on ESPN2. It is 3-5 Auburn at 5-3 Mississippi State. Another one where a crooked line. I know Auburn just fired Brian Harson, but let's be honest, he was kind of the problem there, right? Mississippi State, 12-and-a-half point favorites at home. The Will Rogers Show, a stymied uh, against Alabama in recent weeks, so they need to get the train back on the tracks there with Mike Leach and company. I think they will. I think Auburn maybe keeps us close early on, playing some inspired football for Cadillac Williams. But I think Mississippi State covers. I think they win by two touchdowns. Give me the Mississippi State minus the 12-and-a-half, but I think Auburn's still got a little dog in them. I think they'll go in there and fight hard and not get blown out and play a little inspired football. 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. It's 5-3 South Carolina at 3-5 Vandy. South Carolina around a touchdown road favorite. This is the get-right game to me. South Carolina, with the they get into the top 25 last week, and then they put up a stinker against Mizzou. I think they go on the road to Vandy and get right. Give me South Carolina minus a 7. Marshawn Lloyd rushes for 100 yards. And Spencer Radler throws for a ton, and they get after Vandy. Gamecocks bounce back and get their sixth win of the season. And then your two big games of the week. It's 6 Central on ESPN. It is number six Alabama at number 10 LSU. Bama ran a 13 and a half point favorite on the road in Death Valley. Let's look at it. Jane Daniels, who's been playing phenomenal the last couple of weeks. LSU's defense has been playing much better. Madhouse has got them believing. It's a night game in Tiger Stadium. And I know Alabama has largely owned this rivalry, but all the games, good majority of them, have been close. Very close. Bama's needed some miracle shots to pull out wins in the last decade in Baton Rouge. My heart says LSU, but my head says Alabama. Bryce Young is just too poised, too accurate, and I think that Bama defense gets after LSU's two freshman bookend tackles. I think Will Anderson has a big day. Give me three sacks for Will Anderson in this one, Dallas Turner and company. I think Alabama wins it. And I think they cover the 13-and-a-half running away in the fourth quarter. LSU will keep it closer half, but I think Alabama's just got too many weapons. You watched that LSU-Tennessee game a few weeks ago. I think it looks a little bit like that. I think LSU's offense stymied a little bit by Alabama's defense. Keep in mind, Alabama really good at keeping you out of the end zone. LSU struggles in the red zone, settling for a lot of field goals and fourth-down uh, fourth attempts. I think Bama wins. I think they cover the 13 and a half, but wouldn't surprise me if LSU gave them a game, kept this one close late. We'll see. And then the game of the week, 3.30 Eastern on CBS. It is number one, Tennessee at number three, Georgia Bulldogs around an eight point home favorite in Athens. When I first saw that line was over a touchdown, I said, give me Tennessee minus or plus the eight. Hendon Hooker Company, the offense firepower, if anything, if they're losing late, they're going to get that backdoor cover late because they're not going to give up. They're going to keep trying to score touchdowns. So I like Tennessee plus the eight, but who I, who do I like to win here? Georgia's been so good at home. They've been one of the more dominant teams for the last year plus. Obviously went, uh, win the national championship last year. They're undefeated this year with so many injuries on that defense. Losing Nolan Smith hurts. Losing Dan Jackson hurts. Uh, Jalen Carter out. I mean, it's just been one thing after another after another, yet Georgia just keeps finding ways to win. On the flip side, Tennessee just had their most impressive performance a week ago against Kentucky. I think I predicted earlier this week that Georgia was going to win because they're at home in Athens. But I think as we get closer to this game, I think Tennessee finds a way. I think a miracle drive late. Hendon, Hooker, and company win this one. Give me Tennessee plus the eight, and give me me Tennessee straight up in the upset. Josh Heupel has arrived. Kirby Smart and his team, they'll lose a close one, but they're not out of it yet. They'll be one of the best, most attractive one-loss teams in the country down the stretch, and we'll have a chance still at the playoff. And there you have it. Those are our picks. For SEC Week 10, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. I'll talk to you guys on Monday, give you our winners of the weekend, and recap all the action. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy Week 10 of the conference. It's big boy football. Put your pants on. Let's lock it in and go.